Hi, this is Craig Valentine, host of Early to Rise Radio. Have you ever wanted to become wealthier, healthier, wiser, or just have more time to appreciate the finer things in life? On this show, we reveal what high performers are doing every day to be more successful without sacrificing their personal lives. Early to Rise Radio is sponsored by The Perfect Day Formula. Get your free copy of this game-changing success guide at freeperfectdaybook.com. Now let's get started with today's show. If you're a parent and an entrepreneur or you're just busy as heck, you're going to love this episode of Early to Rise Radio where Daniel Woodrum grills me about communication, parenting, leadership, and how to make sure that you live an amazing life with your family. All right, ready to rock? Let's do it. Okay. All right, Craig. So we are going to talk today about parenthood and how parenthood, how your experience has been with parenthood and how does it translate to business? Sure. And between us, Craig, we've got five kids, five years and younger. So then we have a lot of- Not, uh, not, they're not ours. Not together. <laughs> <laughs> Be very clear about that. <laughs> yeah. So, Craig, if you had to sum up the past 18 months when you first became a parent in one word, what would that one word be? Dude, it's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's absolutely amazing. It's, uh, you know, I can sit here and talk for 10 hours to somebody that doesn't have kids and they would never understand it. It's absolutely amazing. Um, so it's amazing. Yeah. What's amazing about it? <laughs> What's amazing about it? Man, I mean, so much love from the kids, watching them develop, watching them, you know, like watching Isabella learn a new skill. Like, you know, her first one was like, like, like this, like you just go, wow, she learned how to wave. Wow, it's unbelievable. I can't believe it. You know, first words, uh, baby farts are amazing. <laughs> like when you're, when your child just like in the middle of the night lets one rip and you're like, I did that. I made that. It's pretty awesome. Baby giggles, you know, the first time. You know, we've got, we, we actually have a baby like over there right now. The other one, uh, the new one, Sophia, who doesn't really do much yet. So, you know, you think she smiles, but it's probably gas. And so that's six weeks old. So, you know, it'll be a while before she really does anything. But when she starts doing things, you're just like, I can't believe that. And I think another word is miracles, like miracles upon miracles upon miracles happen to have to have a kid. Like, you know, many, many people out there, I was talking to a guy who said it cost him $250,000 in, in IVF to have their wow. kid. It's insane, wow. right? Like, like they're just praying for miracles. And then you have, you know, 17 year old kids who, you know, brush their jeans against one another. But still it's like, you have to meet the woman or, or the man, right? You have, like, it's a miracle to meet the person. And then you have the miracle of getting pregnant, right? Because like, if you actually look at the numbers, like 80 million sperm, right? And one guy gets through. Unbelievable, it's a miracle. Because then it's a miracle of like how they turn out. And our first daughter, it's a miracle because she's like, I don't know, it's like you honestly, they honestly got the best physical genetics. Mm. Unbelievable, she's super tall, she's super athletic. It's no possible, like it's, uh, yeah, I can't believe it. That's, we created this child. But then it's like a miracle you stay pregnant because you don't even know you're pregnant for like the most dangerous part of being pregnant. And then, you know, you can't, you're not supposed to eat tuna or drink alcohol or whatever. You know, most of these things don't make sense. The alcohol makes sense, so we didn't drink alcohol. But, you know, not having sushi doesn't make any sense. Like you can have sushi. Anyway, so you're not supposed to do all these things. And then when you're the first time parent, it's, it's a miracle that you're able to get this thing alive for however long, right? Because you don't know what you're doing. The baby's slippery and all this stuff. Yeah, it's, it's just so many miracles. And so that's an amazing thing. And yeah, I mean, it, it's really fantastic. 
it's it's tough. It's sometimes you're like, this isn't really as hard as people think it is, say it is, but most of the time it is. Yeah. Uh, but if you forces you to communicate and do, and plan and prepare and do all this stuff, but if you're good at that, you're going to be kind of okay. Yeah. You, you just figure it out, right? Just like in business, you just you figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you figure it out, and you really tap into people that have figured it out. So we got a lot of help, and uh, not a lot of family help because our family lived a long way away. But we hired a lot of help, and you know, people taught us how to do things. I, you know, changing diapers was a lot way easier than than I thought. You know, so getting them to sleep is a tough thing. Um, way tougher for Isabella than it is for a second one. So, I don't know, it's just a lot of challenges. Yeah. But, what, what would have been the greatest piece of advice you got before parenting? I know you got oh, some the greatest piece of advice I got from this guy, Ed O'Keefe. He said, you can be tired and your wife can be tired, but you can't be tired at the same time. And I've told that to a lot of people and they said, that's amazing. A lot of new new parents. Because, again, if you, everybody knows when they're tired, they're not their best selves. You know, if you watch a Snickers commercial, you, you know how people act. And so if you got two people who are acting like Betty White in the Snickers commercial and tired and cranky at one another, it's, it's going to blow up. And then and that's going to lead to future problems and all that sort of stuff. There's the other wild child right there. <laughs> She's an animal. Um, and so that's that's the best thing is just coordinate your rest schedule so that somebody has got, got some sleep. Because a lot of the times you're sitting there and there's two people doing one person's job. And it's like, listen, I don't, I don't want you angry at me, but I'm going to go and lie down for a bit because, you know, two of us can't hold the baby at one time. Mm-hmm. So... You can be tired, your wife can be tired, but you can't be tired at the same time was the best piece of advice I said. Great advice, great yeah. advice. So what's been the greatest parent lesson you've learned so far that has a crossover as an entrepreneur? I interviewed you recently and you said, you can't be selfish. You gotta be absolutely selfless. You have to stop what you're doing when there's a problem. You have to go and, and you have to plan your, your days so that you get whatever time you want for yourself. You might have to get up early or stay up late but you can't take it away from the kid's time because you know the kid depends on you. And it's the same when you're running a business is that you can carve out a little bit of time for yourself. Um, you have to carve out a little bit of time mm-hmm. for yourself to do the work, but at the same time, you are really leading this it's, it's not necessarily a family, but it's a group of individuals that depend on you. And everything is your responsibility when you're a parent. Everything is your responsibility when you're the business owner. And so you have to make sure that everything runs really well. And so being selfless and being a selfless leader is really important. On a tactical basis, it's really communication. Because if you don't communicate properly, you don't know, well, who's supposed to be getting up right now at this hour? And so, you know, one of the things that Michelle and I learned quickly was that for me personally, if I can get a few hours of sleep before 1 a.m., I'm generally fine to be up after 1 a.m. for the next 17 hours. It's totally fine. So she would make sure that she did the 10 or 11 type feedings. And then once 1.30, 2 o'clock hit, I'm going to take over. Mm. If that's not communicated and you expect somebody else to do something, then that's when you're going to lead into a lot of of problems. So you got to over communicate. You got to over communicate about what the kid's going to wear, where the diapers are, you know, the supplies. You know, you got supply management for sure, especially you got three kids, man. So imagine the supply management and that sort of stuff from groceries and what we're doing and who does what by when and who's going to be where by when and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, you just can't take an extra hour for yourself when you're out and about going to a coffee shop, get back on time. And sometimes you come home and it's like, well, I had the baby some sleeping. I've just been sitting here doing nothing. But most of the time it's not like that. And you're coming home and you're rescuing the, uh, the other person. So it's a, it's a team 
teamwork aspect as well. And the communication just has to be super strong and the planning and preparation has to be super strong. Sure. And is there, I'm sure there's been a time definitely with me and my wife, Brittany, uh, maybe there's a time of conflict or disagreement when it comes to whether it's parenting or there, there's an obstacle that came about and you guys need to communicate. Like how do you, you Michelle communicate? How do you guys get on the same page? Well, the great thing is, is that we're really on the same page to begin with mm -hmm. through the foundationals of what we talk about in our coaching program, which is values, we share the same values. We have Ballantine core values, which are love, freedom, personal responsibility, honesty, and independent thinking. Those are the five. And so we can just, that's our employee handbook, right? Our Ballantine employee handbook, we just go to that. Is the decision I'm making in alignment with that? You know, am I being honest? Am I holding anything back? Am I doing this out of love or not? You know, are we doing, and is the decision I'm making moving us towards more freedom or away from freedom, even if it's a hard decision? And so having that in, in place is um, very important. So those are the values. And then our vision, you know, our vision is to have this amazing family, have this many kids and, you know, devote our time to our kids. And, you know, it's like, you know, we don't have to homeschool them now because she's only 18 months, but it's like, you know, we're setting it up. It's going to be the decision guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So, so we're on the same page on so many things. If we ever get off, it's only because, well, maybe we thought we were on the same page and we are on the same page. We just haven't communicated. Yeah. It. So it's like, sometimes you got to like, make sure that you, everything that you're thinking, sometimes you forget to say it and you got to make sure that you just have that all down. And so it's a lot of communication. We, we do minimum of a daily one hour walk. We get through a lot there. I mean, I, honestly, I spend like way more time with my kids than most people do. I remember, you know, I, we hire coaches for all types of things. We had a family coach and he said, well, okay, so how much time do you spend with your kids? And, and I, I get up and then Isabella gets up at 5.30. So I'm with her from 5.30 to 8.30, all of us together as a family. And then probably like 30 minutes throughout the day. And then from about, I try and get done around four or 4.30 and then, you know, put her to bed at 7.30. So about six hours. And he goes, what, six hours? Like he couldn't believe it. He's like, I don't know anybody who spends six hours with their kids every day. I'm like, well, that's what I designed my life to do. So, you know, I've, and I have a different approach to parenting because I'm an older person who always wanted kids. That's gonna be totally different than somebody who's 24, 25 and didn't expect to have kids. So I definitely have a different perspective and a different approach and I have different goals. But for me personally, I had kids to like spend time with them. Mm -hmm. And I understand like, you know, our friend Galal, like his parents had kids when they were really young and weren't able to be there all the time. And my parents, my, you know, I grew up in the 80s and 90s. If I wanted to play sports in the summertime, I had to get there. And I lived in the middle of nowhere. I had, so I was, I was telling Galal the other day, I used to, you know, in the summertime, my mom would be in the garden until eight o'clock at night. And my dad, would, you know, he was farming and he was either farming or he was being with sleep. And if I wanted to play baseball, which was started at like 6.30 at night, it was a three mile bike ride. And I was nine years old. <laughs> And it was a three mile bike ride through like the type of roads you see on uh, TV shows where the children is abducted, right? <laughs> so I have a three mile bike ride at nine years old on a no speed bike, right? This is like a bike that has no gears. So it takes me 35 minutes to do this bike ride. All these other kids have their parents picking them up and driving them home. And you like, they have like the candy booth. So you go to the candy booth after and you get candy and then I bike home and all these cars will like drive by me. And I lived in like redneck Canada. So I remember this one guy, he's like drove by in his pickup truck and they would always like beep at me, but he had a, -na 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 -na. like when he honked his horn, that's what you heard. So I'm like, 
I'm biking home and I'm all angry at my parents because they didn't drive me and I got to listen to that horn. Anyways, that was, <laughs> that was, I understand like some people are in that position. Now you can't do that today, but a lot of people aren't able to spend as much time with their kids as I am, but that's the whole plan. That was the whole plan. So we were on the same page that way. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Now you just, you mentioned your father a minute ago. I know you've been very open and honest about your father and any books and emails and things like that. And I know you've said in the past, he's the hardest worker you've ever known, but you've also shared some of the struggles as we all have. Yeah. But like, what would you want to pass down to Isabel and Sophia in terms of like the greatest lessons that you learned from your father? Well, I think that like part of my dad is in Isabel. She's so wild. And whenever my dad saw I keep outside and that meant, oh, okay, I guess I'm supposed to go through there, which terrified me as a kid. But I think that's what she's gonna mm-hmm. she's gonna be like. So it's gonna be like, hey, here's my dad again, but in a three year old daughter format. So it's totally fine. But you know, the the lessons are. I mean, he was a hard worker, and not really. There's there's not too many other lessons I'd pass on. It's more like you know what not to do for me, which was you know just make sure that I'm more present with my kid and spend. It's not like he didn't spend time with me. Mm-hmm. He just he just was an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So when I say like you know he wasn't a perfect dad, like he literally was just an alcoholic and therefore was drunk some of the time. But in most cases, the rest of it was fine. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he spent some time, he did some things and, oh, I guess the one thing is that, that's a really great lesson is that, you know, he would take me out of school and we would go to the stockyards, which is where like you auction off cattle. So it'd be like a Thursday and I'd be there instead of in school. I'd be like, man, the real lessons you learn, you don't learn in school. So, you know, that's the type of thing, again, because we're gonna homeschool our kids that we'll be doing weird trips like that. Mm-hmm. So it was that approach. Was, he's definitely an unconventional dude and I'm an unconventional person and I'm sure my my wife is a very unconventional person and the kids are gonna be unconventional. They're gonna be given the option to be unconventional. They can be conventional if they want, but they'll be given the option to, to do that. Yeah. So obviously we talked about communication earlier. I want to go back to that for a second. So communication is key both in relationships and parenting and entrepreneurship. If someone, in business is struggling with communication. What type of piece of advice would you give them? Like, where would they start? Well, I mean, first of all, we need to define what do you mean by struggling with communication? Like you're not communicating on a regular basis, but you have the capability to communicate on a regular basis, then just communicate more. Mm -hmm. If you want to communicate, but you don't know what to say, or you don't know how to do it, then we would, we would give them a framework. We'd say, okay, listen, are, do you like to do video? Do you like to do audio? Do you like to do meetings? Do you like to write? Okay, well, I, you know, if they like to write, then we would show them how to do a company newsletter on a regular basis. And we would just give them a consistent pathway to communicating. Now, if they're like, okay, great, I'm willing to do that, but now I don't know what to say, then we would show them that, listen, when you communicate with people, you want to be optimistic and positive. You want to give recognition of other people. You want to be also honest and give people a state of how the business is doing so that they don't go and make stories up in their head. And that you want to share feedback from customers so that they understand that there's a bigger reason that they work for this company rather than you know just taking a paycheck or you getting a whole bunch of money. And then you also want to have communication as two-way street. So you're gonna be asking for their opinion and, and their advice because you know hopefully you hired good people who are mm-hmm. smart people who are gonna be able to give you advice. And then you want to reiterate the core values that you have in your company, communicate them often, communicate examples of it so that 
and it's something that you've taught me is that you get more of what you reward of. Mm-hmm. You, re- you reward. And it's the same with the dog. Like when you if, you, if you want a dog to sit, you reward the dog for sitting. Or if you don't want the dog to bark, you don't like give the dog a steak every time he barks at the mailman, <laughs> right? And so it's the same in when you're training humans, it's the same thing. If you want somebody to be proactive and you see somebody be proactive, you just make the biggest deal out of somebody being proactive and they will continue to be proactive. You, for the other people that are not proactive, you will have to teach them what being proactive mm-hmm. looks like and opportunities to do so. And hopefully over time, you will get them to learn how to be proactive. You simply can't praise another person for doing something and expect somebody else to take that up. Because I I thought that that was all you had to do, but it, it isn't. You mm-hmm. have to, you have to sh- tell people what you want to see. You have to explain to them how they can do that thing that you want to see. And then you have to reward them for doing that. Yep. I kind of skipped the first two steps and was disappointed a few times. Yeah, yeah. So a lot of our coaching clients, and I've certainly been there, struggle with, you know, when you're working, you feel guilty, you're not with your kids, you feel like you're, you know, you're guilty that you're not working. So what piece of advice would you give listeners here who maybe have young kids, they have a business they're trying to grow, and they're just dealing with that guilt? I don't know if it's the United States Constitution or something else, but it's, there's, they want separation of church and state. And I don't know, uh, again, what legal document that is, but I want to, what I try and help people with is I want a separation of work life and and family life. Now, it's very simple to do that. You just need to have boundaries and systems in place. And so the boundaries need to be an end of workday. Now, Sheryl Sandberg in her book, Lean In, had an end of workday family time and then a return to work at night at home in her home office and i think that's okay too right but it's just the boundaries there is a separation between the two i I think that in most cases most people are going to have that maybe not every day of the week but you might have that a couple of days per week on busy days but having if you really want to be present with your family then you have to make sure that you are dedicated and that okay well what stops me from being present with my family you know not respecting my boundaries having my phone or my computer open and available, having notifications on. So just think of like, how could I, in, you invert the problem as Charlie Munger says, that's the way to solve the problem is you invert the problem. You figure out if I wouldn't want to be present with my family, what would I do? I'd leave my phone on I'd leave my computer open. I would be thinking about work. I would not pay attention to my kids. I would be in my own head, you know, that sort of stuff. Oh, okay. Well then just don't do those things. So set it up so that you have a boundary that's communicated with everybody. Hey, listen, everybody at uh, five o'clock, I'm going to leave work. I'll be home by 520 from 520 until 730. It's family time. Everyone's going to put their phones away. What we're going to do is, uh, you know, have dinner at this time. Then we're going to do homework together. Then we're going to have bath time together, maybe read a book or whatever it is. But from this time to this time, you tell your friends, they ain't getting any messages back from you. You ain't playing any video games with anybody, you know, provided they don't have sports or whatever it is or other points. But if we're at home, we're, we're present. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Now it's been communicated. The boundaries have been set. The systems have been built. And that's how you're able to do that. And I think it's very important for people to understand that they can pull themselves away from work. That working 12 hours in a day versus eight hours in a day is not 50% more productivity. It's, well, not maybe 50%, 25 or 33% or whatever the math works out. Because you're not going to be very productive in those extra four hours. So you, you have to have that separation. For example, checking email once and going through 50 messages versus checking email 10 times and going through five messages. You're going to spend way more time 
doing the 10 email checks and five messages than you are going through 50 emails at once. Mm -hmm. Now it might feel like a long time, but you're gonna get through it really, really fast and efficiently. Then you're also gonna be able to like, half of those things are deletable immediately. Yep. And anyways, you just, there's, there's a lot of things. Obviously I wrote the book about it, Perfect Week Formula, so that we have those boundaries and systems in place. But man, the, the stories we hear from helping people cut down 70 hours, 80 hours into 40 or 35 hours in like two weeks. Unbelievable because people are just wasting their time. Mm -hmm. And when you force them to do 10 hours of work in a seven hour day, most people can actually do that and have more time for their family and friends and their fitness and their faith and their hobbies and all that good stuff. But it just comes with totally reframing the way the day goes. Yeah, I mean, I've, for me as a parent, I've, I've shrank my, my work day and I get more done because you're more focused. You have to be, right? Exactly. Those boundaries. Exactly. Yeah. It, because other, otherwise we just, you know, let these projects become longer. We are researching more. We're really not working. Mm -hmm. you, know, you know, people are flipping between websites and all that sort of stuff. And I think that if somebody says to me, listen, I need an 11 or 12 hour workday. I'd say, let me see your internet browsing history. <laughs> let me see your screen time. And let's, let's be brutally honest sure. about what you're really doing in these work hours. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. we need to figure that out. Yeah. And you mentioned helping a lot of clients. Is there one special clients that means the most to you in terms of something that you help them overcome to become a better parent, a better entrepreneur? I think there's a really great story from a guy named Adam Pearson. So Adam Pearson read my book at a point where he was working so much much that he said he would have panic attacks in his bathroom and he also would just be sitting there at dinner and and he was so still engrossed in his work and his family would be saying hey Adam did you even dad did you hear what I said or his wife would say Adam did you even hear what I said and he wasn't present and he read the book and worked with me and I think it was 12 months later he was down to a four-day work week from six and a half and you know 35 hours and his business doubled and he was just so happy and he was doing all these projects with his family on the weekends and I think that's you know going back to the question before this is when you fill your calendar with other commitments to your family and you shorten your work week you know it's like you do the little Amazon box <laughs> shtick it's really good you know Daniel has an Amazon box in front of him he says you know there's 168 hours in this Amazon box which is how many hours there are in a week and most people what they do is they put all their work in there and then it's like oh I got eight hours left for my life no that's not how you do it you take the Amazon box and you go listen I'm going to put 10 hours in there for my kids sports I'm going to put five hours in there for my personal well-being. I'm going to put eight hours in there for family visits to mom and dad and grandpa. And I'm going to put three hours in there for date night and massage. And now I'm left with like 80 hours. And well, I'm, I'm sleeping, you know, seven hours a night, seven nights a week. That's 49 hours. Now I'm down to 31 hours and I got to make my seven figure business fit into 31 hours. And that's how you do it. And that's how you're going to force yourself to go, you know what? I can't be starting this new project. we got to focus on these projects in 31 hours. And so yeah. that's that's super important. That's a, that's the way that I really want people yeah. to look at life. It helps you cut out the noise, right? <laughs> Build your business around your life and not your life mm -hmm. around your business. That's yep. the 12 words on the cover of the book. Yep, yep. All right, so shifting quite, uh, slightly here. So your wife, Michelle, is amazing. We all love her here. What are the two, say, characteristics that you admire most about Michelle that has significantly impacted you as a person, as an entrepreneur, as a parent? Well, I mean, she's like Isabella. She's a pretty wild lady. So, <laughs> I mean, she's so much fun. She really is. And, you know, Michelle and I like to joke that we we don't just love each other. We really like each other. Like, we really like each other. You know, we're really, we're best friends. And, you know, we got together right before COVID. So we had to really like each other. You know, it was a good thing we really liked each other because we spent so much time together. But, it, you know, we just want to hang out with each other all the time and 
and it works great. So, you know, I really like her because she's a lot of fun and she's an independent thinker mm-hmm. and she's just so kind and caring. And so she's a very empathetic person naturally, which is not, I'm not. And so she's really good at interacting with people. And it's just, it's just such a, a great, she's strong where I'm weak uh, relationship. Yeah. yeah. It's really fantastic yeah. that way. Good. What are some fun family traditions that you guys do right now? So we, well, we do a lot of travel. I wouldn't say that it's, um, you know, cause our lives have been kind of all over the place with travel and living in different places and not being around family as much. So we do go to my mom's, well, we try to go to my mom's for Christmas every year. We wouldn't make it last year cause Isabella got sick right before we went, but we do travel every month. We try and go to a, a new place for vacation and, you know, we love to go and we, you know, water parks and all that sort of stuff. And then American Thanksgiving, I call it American Thanksgiving cause I'm Canadian. And so on American Thanksgiving, we don't live in America, but it feels like it's a holiday because all of my American clients and friends and, and team members are not working. So we like to use that as our vision day. So when we lived in Canada, we went to Whistler and you know we sat and wrote our family vision out. And so we like to do that every year on American Thanksgiving. And that's that's a lot of fun. But then I, before I met Michelle, like, you know, if it was my birthday, I, my goal was like, how few people can send me text messages on my birthday wishing me happy birthday. That was my goal. But she just, biggest birthday celebrations in the world. So, and then Isabella, biggest birthday celebration I've ever seen. So she loves birthdays. And so birthdays are always going to be a big deal for us in the family. Yeah. Well, to that point, I've known you for over 12 years, Craig, and I still don't know when your birthday is. I like to tell people that um, I was adopted and they, they didn't tell my parents when my birthday was. So I don't, nobody knows my birthday. They just know the year. <laughs> So, you know, you've got a lot going on, obviously. How do you and Michelle make time for each other? Well, that's planning and preparation. So we do the non-negotiables as Mm -hmm. we talked about in the Purple Week formula. We do spend a lot of time together, but we also like the kids so much that we take them out for a lot of date nights and for stuff. So we don't like to be uh, away from the kids. Mm -hmm. You know, there's some parents who, who because they spend so much time parenting and don't get a lot of help, they, they need some time alone. But we don't because we get a lot of help with our parenting. So... We have an hour walk in the morning and we have sometimes an hour before that, depending on when Isabella gets up. So we have our hour with Isabella before the walk. We have our hour at the walk. Then we have, I make breakfast for Michelle and we do our little daily huddle about here's the schedule of the day. Then throughout the day, we might see each other um, a little bit. And then we might not have dinner together because Michelle and I eat kind of early. And so, but then we'll have dinner with Isabella will like make sure her dinner's ready and then we'll go for another walk sometimes or we'll go out and run an errand together or we'll just hang out. So we have all that time. And with the kids are so young, it's not like they're really in the conversation. Right. So we're really having a conversation with each other while we just make sure that, you know, Isabella doesn't fall off a chair or something, <laughs> <laughs> which she does a lot. So then we have that and then we have the, the weekly date night. And we're now that um, Michelle has recovered from the second baby is now we're going to have more date day adventure stuff like water parks Mm -hmm. and all the childish things Michelle wants to do. (laughs) So as in with business and parenting, there's always unexpected conflicts, obstacles, challenges that come up. Can you tell me about maybe a recent time where you had an obstacle come up in your parenting and what did you do to solve that? Well, I mean, today sucks for sure. So, you know, I had this plan, you know, I was going to go 
you know, I was going to do the normal morning. And then, you know, once the nanny got there at eight, I was going to go to the gym and then I was going to come over here and meet, uh, you know, the team and we're going to do all these podcasts. But at 730 in the morning or seven in the morning, we find out the nanny's like, hey, I can come over, but I'm going to wear a mask. I'm like, no, don't come over to our house. So we gave the other nanny the day off. So it's normally like the regular nanny's day, but we had gave her the day off. And so we had the substitute nanny coming in. So now we can't, we don't have anybody coming in. And then yesterday, Michelle um, got alerted of this emergency appointment she had to do. Today was the only day she could do the appointment. And so she had to leave the house. So now I'm at home with two kids. And um, fortunately, everything worked out where, you know, I really just looked after Isabella, the other baby slept and but that just you know threw off my entire day. For, so I had to cancel a meeting. I had to show up late to this. And we just problem solved. We just problem solved. Like Michelle sent emails and text messages out to all these other potential nannies. That didn't work. You know, I was like, okay, I'll just rearrange my schedule. And then it was like, well, you know, should I invite the guys over here? Or she said, why don't you just go when I get back from the appointment? I'm like, I'm not leaving you alone with these two kids. Although apparently, you know, right. Sophia has slept for three hours now straight. She actually could have been okay. But I didn't want to, I wouldn't want her to leave me alone. The only reason I was okay in the morning is because Isabella was going to go down for her nap. And she got back from her appointment really fast. But, you know, I'm still like mentally trying to get over that loss of workout and skip meeting and stuff. And I'm trying to just be like, yeah, but everything turned out okay, but I'm still kind of ticked. <laughs> uh, but you know, we got through it through communication and teamwork, mm -hmm. but also, you know, as ticked as I am thinking, dude, it doesn't really matter. Like just relax. Everything's going to be fine. Nobody's hurt or anything. Everybody's happy. So just looking at the long term, right? Yeah. So yeah. just not letting little things blow up because then you have like all these kind of scars in your relationship or in your business or in between team members and all that stuff. When you make something, when you let something just get out of proportion mm -hmm. and you can't, so like, listen, we're totally going to survive. This is hardly a problem at all. It's just an annoyance right. is what it is. It's like, if this is the worst part of our day or, you know, yeah, okay, sure. Right? <laughs> Sure. And, and actually, I, I, you know, done a bunch of podcasts today and it was either you or it was Gavin um, talking about, hey, listen, there's still a victory in here somewhere. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had this victory where Sophia's passport came in faster than we thought. So that was great. And then, you know, Michelle got through this appointment faster than we thought and, you know, it made our lives easier. And so, and, you know, kids are healthy and yeah, so everything's great. There's like a million things to be grateful for. Just missed out on a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So curious minds want to know, Sophia was not supposed to be Sophia, correct? Right. So tell us this story. Yeah, was, well, we were going to, well, we were thinking, this, are we going to name her Olivia or Sophia? Then somebody threw in Ava. And I think those were the three names. And then we decided on Olivia a long time ago. I wrote Sophia in my book a long time ago, but we, you know, then we went with Olivia. And then when we had her, uh, like after about 10 days, Michelle just goes, I don't think she's in Olivia. And I said, I don't think she's in Olivia either. So then we just went back to Sophia, so. Gotcha. <laughs> we met this one couple, well, Michelle follows this one lady on Instagram who didn't name their kid for like six months. Really weird, man. <laughs> You can't get any paperwork done, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, they made us sign paperwork right away when our kids were born. Yeah. The names. I think, I don't know what we did. Yeah. Yeah. It's Mexico. <laughs> Different rules here. Definitely. <laughs> All right. So my last question here, Craig, is let's say that 40 years from now, 
and you're celebrating Christmas with your kids, your grandchildren, and Michelle and your kids give you a book. And it's just got a bunch of different photos throughout all these years. And the last page is just a little paragraph that they want everyone to remember you by, like your legacy. Not so much as, as entrepreneur, just more as a parent. What would that paragraph entail? What would you want that paragraph to say? It would say, you know, daddy was there and he, uh, yeah, it's not gonna be a long paragraph. Um, Daddy was there and he took care of us and he gave us lots of memories and lots of fun. And I'm so glad that he's my daddy. That's, that's, that's <laughs> like, I think I think like if I wrote that for my father, it'd be like, okay, you know, my, my dad taught me a lot about what to do, what not to do. He showed me that uh, to think independently and showed me what life was really all about and taught me where the real lessons were learned. I think, you know, my kids would be more about, you know, he took good care of mommy and probably wouldn't be saying mommy at 40 years old, but maybe they would be. Anyway, so I think it's more about, I mean, he's just, he was everything that daddy is supposed to do. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I yeah. Think. Yeah, I think, I think that's, I mean, you know, cause I thought about that question for myself and it's like, I just think daddy did the best he could, you know, at the end of the day is. Yeah, we do what we're supposed to. Yeah. And did a good job of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so it, he agrees. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Squeaking, it takes a squeak. All right, Craig, uh, last piece of advice. Let's just say that there's an entrepreneur on here right now who's got a business and they're about to have their first kid. What are just, Biggest piece of advice you could you could give this? New oh followers. man, massive preparation. So just you know, talk through everything mm -hmm. and um, you know, get clear on the sacrifices that are going to be made and the schedules that you're going to run. Be grateful, but understand that there's going to be unexpected stuff. You know, and fingers crossed and all prayers up to you that your baby's going to be happy and healthy. But you know, the, the kid might scream and cry and not sleep more than 45 minutes. Michelle Falls, another lady on Instagram, she's got her, this is her fifth kid. The kid hasn't slept more than 45 minutes straight. In in five months wow. that they've had. It's unbelievable. It's like, wow. how is that possible? Yeah. But you know, it's possible that's what's gonna happen. And so you have to be, you have to plan for the unexpected. You have to be happy and grateful for it. And you have to communicate as much as you can. You have to get the systems and the stations all set up. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just understand that life is going to throw you some curveballs. Yeah. And appreciate those good days you have. <laughs> yeah. And, and give your partner grace because Absolutely. they're, they're going to be operating under pressure and don't take everything as like that said as, you know, that they, they don't mean everything they say in, yeah. in certain circumstances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's tough. It is tough. It is tough. All right, Craig. Well, thank you for that. Uh, I know everyone got a lot of great value for that. And, uh, Awesome. So Daniel, where can people connect with you on Instagram? Yeah. So Daniel underscore Lee underscore Woodrum. And you will see a lot of photos, a lot of posts about my kids, but I always try to, you know, relay it to, to business as well. Yeah, absolutely. And make sure you go back and watch all the interviews that I have done with Daniel here in the early rise radio show. So you will find them on YouTube. Just type in Craig Valentine, Daniel Woodrum, and you'll find all our interviews with quite a few on leadership. Yeah, number and we just uh, crushed another really, really good one recently. So Make sure you check that out and also hit them up on email, daniel at craigvalentine.com if you have parenting questions or if you have questions where you want him to ask me on the next interview. Yes, that'd be good. Awesome. Hit me up on uh, Instagram myself, Real Craig Valentine, and go grab The Perfect Week Formula at perfectweekformula.com because that's a book that's going to help you separate your business from your personal life. All right. Talk to you soon.